You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop. Hey, welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Ken, and I will not be your host. Today we have a special guest host in Lee DeGeorge. How are you doing today, Lee? Hi, guys. How's everyone doing today? Oh, very good, very good. How are you guys? Doing really well. Uh, really excited about this. Uh, we're big fans of Lee's podcast, Something Something Birds, and uh, it's great to have uh, a special guest host like this. It should be a, a great competition. Jeff? Uh, feeling good. Feeling good. I've been up. Uh, it's early, actually early morning for us, and I've been up about five hours already. Unusual for a Sunday, but feeling good. And uh, Matt, how are you doing today? Oh, wait a minute. Matt's not in the studio. He, <laughs> he had to miss this one, unfortunately. So uh, we'll try not to make a habit of it. But unfortunately, Matt couldn't be here. I just wanted to let you guys know that it's a real honor to be here. And I'm really, really stoked to be here. So thank you so much for the invitation. I listen to Triviality all the time. I do yell at all of you at least <laughs> once an episode. So I'm going to have to bite my tongue at least once just so I don't yell at you about one or two of these questions. Well, well you know, Lee, we've we've never claimed to be experts in trivia. We're just, uh, you know, kind of kind of enthusiasts. And uh, that's that's why we got started in this. But uh the, the honor is all ours. So thank you for, for being on the show. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, what someone told us, which uh, was pretty true, we were at a trivia event. They said, you know, we listen to the podcast and, uh, you know, individually, you guys are, are pretty good. You have your strengths and everything. As a team, you're really strong. But uh, I, I can see why people would yell at us uh, over the podcast when <laughs> we're by ourselves and we're, there's an answer that we should know we don't, which that's how we feel when we listen back and we edit. Everyone, the second the microphone's on, you say something silly, you say something ridiculous, and all of a sudden it goes straight to hell. Well, uh, hope, hopefully you don't mind staring at Patrick Swayze while you read your questions uh, in the back of our studio here. He is dreamy. The The Roadhouse poster is our Was. special treat for guests. So. <laughs> Was. Yeah. <laughs> That's like when you add in the note later, updated information. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, I will go over the rules and uh, we can get started. So the game is 20 questions and a variety of topics worth 10 points apiece and split into two rounds. At halftime, there will be a swing round designed by Lee where players can rack up some extra points. At the end of regulation, players will enter the final round with the points they have accumulated and will have the chance to wager 0 to 30 on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. All right, if uh, if Lee, you're ready, you can go ahead and take it away. We are ready to get started. Okay, let's start with question number one. The three orange properties on a classic U.S.-based Monopoly board are New York Avenue, Tennessee Avenue, and what other property? This is perfect for Jeff because I, I don't like Monopoly. Jeff's writing down right away. So, oh man, great question to start off. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've written a response not out of confidence, just out of um, lack of knowledge. So I just made an educated guess and uh, we can move on with the game. <laughs> Wait, so you said uh, New York, Tennessee, correct? Yes, I, I gave you New York and Tennessee and I want to know what the third one is. I wrote my answer almost immediately. And I'm not 100% sure it's right. So, Lee, if you want to commence with the yelling, that's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
one of my it's favorite. Only, it's only question number one, fellas. It's only question <laughs> one. All right, I'm just gonna write an answer in honor of the coast where Lee lives, but uh, I know it's incorrect. Okay, I'm, I'm in. Neil, how about you give me your answer? So I know it's incorrect, um, but I just saw a promo for Mr. Robot season three, and I know you live on the East Coast uh, near New York, so I just said Coney Island just for the heck of it. Okay, Jeff? Um, I immediately wrote down, but I'm not entirely certain of St. James Place. And Ken? Well, I just uh, picked a state and uh, went with Maine. And the correct answer, gentlemen. St. James Place. Jeff starts off real fast. All right, good job, Jeff. I at least knew mine was on the board somewhere. I couldn't remember if it was orange or in that like pinkish purple color, but... Yeah, I'm much more used to um, playing Monopoly Junior as a kid, and it was like Cotton Candy Stand or the, the Ferris Wheel or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I don't have any knowledge about uh, grown-up Monopoly. <laughs> okay, question number two. The name Jessica was created and popularized by William Shakespeare as the conflicted daughter of what antagonist who wanted a pound of flesh? Just running through my high school Shakespeare experience. I know Neil kind of knows these uh, these works a little better than the rest of us because he's uh, had some theater in his background. This is making me angry. Um, my girlfriend Colleen is going to be directing a Shakespeare play this fall, and she just went to an, the organ shakespeare festival which is the biggest shakespeare festival in north america and talked all about it okay i've uh, written a response to the best of my ability yeah i i mean i know the reference but i'm yeah, I, all right I, I was in Macbeth. i was a street drummer um uh shirtless street drummer in the background <laughs> playing on uh on uh paint cans the, the famous street drummers in Macbeth. the famous street drummers <laughs> Um, was this like a reinterpretation? Yeah, like it was. In, a, it was gangland. A, it was a gangland modern adaptation. Yeah. Did they do the paint on abs for you, or no? I was so far in the all... back, no one could not see my lack of abs. Um, <laughs> they all still had Scottish names, though. So in Macbeth, the antagonist is Macduff. I guess he could have had a daughter. I'm trying to remember in the play when they had the funeral and everything. And Macduff. I don't think Macduff is really an antagonist. Macbeth is really the piece of shit in Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, I'm just trying to think of actual antagonists. because his name's on the marquee. Uh, okay. I, I'm not confident I'm in. We will start with Jeff. Jeff, what do you got? So, uh, this is the Shakespeare play that I've read the most. And, uh, so I often get questions about it wrong. I know it's not the right one you're looking for, but I wrote Othello. Okay. Ken? I went with King Lear, which I know is a Shakespeare character. And Neil, you were, you were conflicted for a long time. Yeah, I really wanted, I kind of wanted to go Macduff, but I just, I don't remember him having a daughter. Um, I'm sure he did, and, and Jessica seems like, like it could be in that play. There's no way this is the answer, but I just want Brutus from Julius Caesar. Well, we did all miss this one. That's okay. Um, the play is The Merchant of Venice, uh, yeah. and the character is Shylock, who, mm. lends, who, 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 who was a money lender and, lend, and lent money out. And since the money wasn't able to be paid back, he wanted a pound of flesh. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, especially in the uh, like in the you know Venice tradition of bankers. <laughs> and <laughs> unfor unfortunately, that's one that I never um, never dabbled in. So yeah, that's one I haven't. And, yeah. And Jessica is such an interesting character at this time because um, she's Jewish and she falls in love with someone who's not Jewish. And she's conflicted because she needs to leave the religion in order to marry the person she loves. Yeah, got it. Question three. Uh, definitely not kosher. Um, asabuko, literally meaning bone with a hole, refers to the hole where what substance is found in the veal shank? My pescatarianism uh, is not preventing me from answering this question, I think. But it might be being too simple, but I'm just going to stick with uh, what I've written. You're in too, Jeff? All right, I'm going to write something in. All right, I'm in. Okay, Ken, go ahead. All right, so I went with uh, bone marrow. Okay, Neil? I, I was actually going to go with bone marrow, but I went with cartilage. And Jeff? I went bone marrow. The correct answer is bone marrow. Good oh. job. Okay, question four. Which president vetoed the Second National Bank of America? because he was sure that they would use the money to help fund a new candidate next election. He famously quipped, 
The bank, Mr. Van Buren, is trying to kill me, but I will kill it. I'm failing to remember the time frame, like a pretty specific year. If I had it within like two years, I could probably get it just on that. But I've got an answer based on the clues, so. Yeah, same here. Um, as you know, I know my presidents and... Uh, in order. In order, which helps, and uh, I think I can come up with this one. Uh, of course, presidents, if Ken, if that's one of his specialties, it is not one of my specialties. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I just took a guess. Go ahead, Neil. I just I just put Jackson for no reason, just because I, I just decided to say Jackson. Jeff? So um, the president that preceded Martin Van Buren, the seventh president, was Andrew Jackson. So that's what I put. Yeah, I put uh, Jackson as well um, because of the chronology, but also because Jackson was a bit of a, you know, he's not a great guy like as a person, but he was also a badass, like a total badass. And that sounds like something a badass would say. So good, I want Jackson. Good old Hickory. Well, this, this president won a not-so-pivotal battle in the War of 1812 after the war was over. Uh, that would be the Battle of New Orleans. His name is Andrew Jackson. Good job, gentlemen. Oh, come on. All right. That was, oh, <laughs> man, what a... Neil. What a random guess, and I uh, that makes up for bone marrow. Okay, pretty, like mu- pretty much if if you if you hear like a badass presidential fact, you want to go with either Roosevelt the first or Jackson. I don't know so much badass, just hard ass. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess you're right. The war was over. Last time I checked, that's murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he murdered a couple people. I'm pretty sure. Uh, next question, Ben Gibbard. The lead singer of the Postal Service is also the lead singer of what alternative band with hits like I Will Possess Your Heart and I Will Follow You Into the Dark? Oh, yeah. We got this one, I think, all around. Right, Neil? Yes. You're good. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Sorry. That took me way too long to get there. Yep, we're all in. This is uh, this Jeff- is, this is our jam. Oh, it's definitely my jam, too. Jeff, what, what do you got? Um, glad to be the first one to answer a death cab for cutie question on this podcast. Ken, go ahead. Uh, death cab. And Neil, I know you're excited to answer this one. Go for it. Death cab for cutie. Death cab for cutie is correct. Good job. Okay, guys. And, uh, before we continue on to the sixth question, just a quick recap. Jeff has 40, I have 30, and Neil has 20. Okay. Question number six. The result of an addition problem is a sum, and the result of a subtraction problem is a difference. What is the name for the result of a division problem? I got a C in math, so this would be the time that I would say, hey, I have play practice, or I have to go play drums. See you guys later, and then I get a C. Okay, I got an answer in that might be correct. Yeah, we'll just run with what I've got. Cool. Uh, I'm... Just going to make an an answer. Okay, Jeff, what do you have? So I know that when you multiply something, you have the product of that. Uh, But I couldn't quite remember what division was. I thought it was maybe the divisor, but I couldn't remember if that was what you're dividing by. Okay. Ken? I went with uh, factor. Because I think when you're you're left with, uh, with the number remaining at the end, that's the factor of the original number. And Neil, what did you come up with? Uh, <clears throat> the only division that I know of is the NFC, which the Chicago Bears are in. So I said NFC. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, the correct answer is quotient. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I feel stupid getting a math question wrong. I like it. Lee was like, maybe I should go in teams on this one. And I was like, you're probably right. That's like a totally reasonable math question. Dude. I know it is. I know to be fair, fun. though, the, the questions I've gotten wrong, no one else has gotten right so far. Jeff is flexing over there. Be careful. Yeah, that's okay. That's usually my job, but. <laughs> Next question. What fictional mountain is the setting for the final stage of the game show Ninja Warrior? It is also the setting for the final stage in the American Ninja Warrior version as well. Okay. Um, I wrote an answer. Had to kind of dig deep and just kind of uh, go by the gut on this one. So I have not seen... Ninja Warrior. I mean, I've seen snippets online, but I've nothing with commentary that I would remember. So I wrote a joke answer of another fictional mountain that I quite enjoy. I, for some, my, my uncle has a picture um, 
when he was on Mount Fuji in the 60s. And I keep saying, I keep that's, thinking. That's a different one. <laughs> I know. I keep thinking of Mount Fuji and then I'm putting Mount Fujiyama because I feel like it ends in Ama. And I, that's screwing me up right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to tap. I know it. And I, it's just not coming to me this, this morning. Okay. So Neil is going to tap? Yeah. Okay. Jeff, what do you have? So I've never seen American Ninja Warrior or the original Ninja Warrior. Um, but I was a huge fan of the Nickelodeon Kids uh, Athletic Game Competition, Guts. So I wrote the Crag. The Agro Crag. Well, the well, Agro Crag. The Mega, mega Crag. The Mega Crag. So that's a, that's a fictional mountain, just not for the right show. So uh, we, we uh, <laughs> used to watch reruns of Guts and like do small bets <laughs> on, on which kid would win. <laughs> Like see, like uh, you know, an athletic kid kid pop in. We're like, oh, I want that guy. But sometimes we draw lots for which kid we'd get. Those kids got to jump around with bungee cords and shoot like Nerf arrows. It was the best show ever. I know. I always wanted to be on that show. I think I was too young when it was actually on the air, though. Um, so I just went uh, with my gut. I think I'm correct, or at least close. Um, but I went with Mount Midoriyama. I was watching to see if there was going to be a reaction from Neil because Mount Midoriyama is the correct answer. Good job. Oh, man. Next question. After Brazil, what is the next most populous country in South America? All right. I'm just going to go for it and go with the gut. Yeah, I'm just saying a random country, but I mean, it's an educated guess. All right. I'm in. Okay, we'll start with Ken this time. Ken, what do you have? Um, something was, um, you know, kind of ringing a bell with Venezuela. Uh, it's a country that's been in the news recently, unfortunately. Um, but I went with uh, Venezuela. That just seems like a populous country to me. Okay, Neil? Um, I just went with the country that uh, that supplies Matt and Jeff with most of their cocaine. So I just went with Colombia. <laughs> and Jeff? I've moved on to pills, Neil. Thank you. Um, no. So uh, I had con- I contemplated Venezuela, Colombia. I know Argentina is the second largest by area. But I settled on Colombia. The correct answer is Colombia. Oh, Good job. man. That one hurt me. That one hurt me bad. That Their second largest city is a huge population center, so I figured I couldn't think of any other larger cities. Yeah. Kind of like that. Makes sense. And Colombia was definitely in the... Uh in the running for what I was going to answer. I was probably going to say Venezuela, Colombia, Argentina. So I just went with the first thing that came to my mind and didn't, uh, didn't shape up very well for me this time. But next question, let's move on to better things. So for this question, I need to reference the date. Today is Sunday, August 6th. As of today, Sarah Huckabee Sanders holds what position in the federal government? So I'm between two. I know this, um, we uh, we sit in awe sometimes at lunch at work and comment on uh, what's going on uh, with these uh, press conferences. I'm going to have to really uh, hold my tongue in answering this question to th- keep my feelings in check. I think we're all in the same boat, though, right? We all have it narrowed down to a couple positions, and we just can't remember which one is which. Right. I'm leaning towards the secretary of the revolving door. <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. I'm, I've written down. The White House lead on obfuscation and disappointment. <laughs> That's too big of words for that administration. <laughs> um, the the Secretary of hiding stuff and letting people down. No, that was letting, Spicy's job in the bushes. Letting folks down. All right. Well, since I'm so far behind, it doesn't really matter. Um, I'll let Jeff think about it. I'm between two. Um, I'm between White House communications director and press secretary because Sean Spicer was the press secretary uh, he resigned, or was probably fired, obviously. But, um, and I can't remember if she took over for him or she was already had a pre-existing job as the White House Communications Director. Um, but I can't remember, and I can't remember if the mooch was White House Communications Director or Press Secretary for 10 days. And that's what's messing me up right now. All right, I, I'm just going to go with this one. I'm not too confident. I know it's between two, but uh, I, I'm in. Stealing my television references. Okay, Neil, you're in. Go for it. What, what did you write down? So not as confident as I'd like to be. I went with press secretary. I, I thought she could have been the White House communications director and then just moved over um, while Spicy was uh, was not around. But I just went with press secretary. 
Okay, Jeff? Uh, I didn't think she was the White House Communications Director. I'm pretty sure that <clears throat> that was a new recent appointment. If I'm not mistaken, that might be um, John Kelly. Uh, so I wrote press secretary. And Ken. So I think I made a mistake here. Um, so I believe Mooch was the communications director. Spice was the um, the press secretary. And then Sarah Huckabee Sanders was the assistant press secretary, which is what I wrote is assistant press secretary. But when they announced Mooch was taken over, I think I remember they promoted her too. So I should have put press secretary. But I could be entirely so when, wrong. When, when Mooch took over, uh, Spicy resigned or was fired or whatever he might have done. <laughs> what the hell and, is uh, happening? Sarah, Wait, Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders took over as press secretary. I'm not even right about John Kelly. He's the new chief of staff. He's chief of staff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, forgot, I forgot that she received that like official promotion, which I heard on the, I was listening to talk radio for some reason. I actually heard that. So I don't know why I put assistant. That's, that's bothersome to me. Okay. Neil, I did not forget about, I, I did not forget about a movie question for you. So here you go. Oh, thank you. No problem. Hold on. I'm going to call my shot and just say that this is, this is my jam too. <laughs> um, managed by Tom Hanks, the actors, Thomas Everett Scott, Ethan Embry, Steve Zahn and Jonathan Shake form what fictional music group? Okay. Oh. Neil, I am assuming you're in already, correct? Yeah, I'm in, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know, so we can go ahead. <clears throat> I was going to look something else up, though, completely unrelated as part of my joke answer, so. Is everybody in? Yeah. Okay, Jeff, what do you have? So, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm assuming there's a reference here that I'm not getting. Uh, so I wrote my favorite fictional band, Mouse Rat. Okay, Ken. Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong, Neil, but the film is that thing you do. Yeah, that's right. Um, the name of the band is escaping me, which is bothersome because um, a while back on an old episode, I did fictional bands uh, from movies and uh, you know books and stuff, TV, and I read the name of this band several times, several times. And I know they're like a like a doo-wop sort of thing. And I just keep thinking the commitments, which is from the commitments, obviously. And the name of this band isn't coming to my head, so I just picked a name of like a doo-wop sounding band. So I went with the Coasters. Okay, and Neil. Uh, I went with the Wonders. So the big joke at the end of the film, the big payoff, is that when the lead singer quit, they became one-hit Wonders. They are the Wonders. Good Ooh, job, Neil. Good, good one. Yep. See, you called your shot and you failed. I know. At least I knew the reference, though. Can't come at me, man. I knew the reference, at least. I had never seen the movie, so. It's good. I'd like to take my answer back, okay. though. Can I Can I resubmit Teddy Bear Suicide? <laughs> quick uh, quick anecdote, really quick. You mentioned uh, Steve Zahn. I've had the pleasure of bumping into, into him in Chicago twice for some reason. <laughs> Not once, twice. So would you gentlemen like a score update before we head into the swing round? Yes, please. In third place, we have Ken with 40 points. Oh, no. In second place, we have Neil with 50 points. And our current leader is Jeff with 60. Kind of a tight game. Pretty, pretty close. Yeah. I went I went four of the first five and two thereafter. <laughs> Lee, Lee might just uh, deal me my first individual loss today. So oh, we'll have to see uh, what happens. I'm hoping. So here we go with our swing round. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Lee DeGeorge. I'm a music geek, and I am the host of Something Something Birds, which is a name that tune and name the common connection uh, music podcast. So today, in honor of this, I've created a special Something Something Birds episode for the guys at Triviality. This will be done in a similar way. There'll be eight songs. Each title, you get five points. For each artist, you get five points. And if you get the common connection between all the songs, you get a 20-point bonus for a total of 100 points in the swing round. Wow. That's a real swing round. Track one.
Track two. See that it's just raining. There ain't no need to go outside. But baby, you hardly even notice when I try to show you. Song is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to. Waking up to earn. Track three. Track four. Yeah. I was working part time in a five and dime. Track five. Track six. Track seven. Track 8 I found my thrill Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Great, great uh, mid-round, Lee. I'm glad you appreciate it. It's, it's, I wanted to do one special for your show, so that was, that was something that I wanted to make sure I got done. Not, the, be- not the best. <laughs> Trek, Trek 5, I was absolutely in love with. Yeah, this is killing me. I um, so P.T. Anderson directed number uh, three, and um, three. You know, yeah, it's one of the most famous videos of all time. And I cannot think of the title right now. I know the whole song, and I can't think of the title. That one's gonna really bother me because as soon as he says the artist, it's I'm just gonna like. Oh, shit. I know the I'm artist gonna, for sure, but I just because he was married to her, throw I just can't. something at the wall. 
I'm good. I'm not going to get any more. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd want to, I, I know I don't know eight and six is the Austin Powers one. Uh, it's not, not composed by Quincy Jones. Okay. It is, it is not. I think I know the keyword in, in that one, but I don't know. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go in the order of Neil, Jeff, and Ken. So Neil, track one. Track one. So track one, um, I used to love watching this music video. I know the band. I always have known the band. I never remember the title. Um, it has the bumblebee and the, the feel in slow motion. Um, the title, or excuse me, the band is Blind Melon. The title, I just put Life is Pretty Plain because I could not remember the name. Okay, Jeff? So I put Blind Melon, Neil. But you're going to want to be careful when there's no rain. Mm. Yeah, Neil forgot to stop to complain that there's no rain. That's what it is. I couldn't uh, remember Blind Melon also. The correct answer to question one is Blind Melon, No Rain. Track two. see that it's just raining? There ain't no need to go outside. But baby, you hardly even notice when I try to show you. Song is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to. Waking up to earth. Okay, number two, Neil. Um, this was a fun one for me because uh, when I first started dating my girlfriend, I used to sing this to her to sleep. It is Banana Pancakes by Jack Johnson. Jeff? I wrote Whoever Writes Bubbly Toes because <laughs> I, I couldn't remember Jack Johnson. I didn't know the name of the song. I had never heard it, but it was he's very clearly Jack Johnson. So and I got Ken? So, so at this point in the, in the songs, uh, there were two consecutive rain songs, so I thought maybe that was going to be the theme, so I put It's Raining as the name of the song and Jack Johnson as the artist. So that is Jack Johnson, so you do get the five points there, Ken, yeah, but there's, it's Banana Pancakes. There's no way I would have known that that was called Banana Pancakes. Ken just hoped that the song would be It's Raining Jack Johnson. Hallelujah. Track three. Bad, bad Okay, Neil, track three. Uh, so track three, I said while we were listening uh, behind the scenes that uh, the video of this was one of the most famous videos was directed by P.T. Anderson, who was married at one point to the artist Fiona Apple. Mm. And, oh, that's oh, brilliant. brilliant. And uh, the song, I could not remember the title again. That's another one. I just put bad. Jeff? I, I'm so disappointed because I should have been able to get Fiona Apple now that Neil said it. Um, but I didn't have anything. I couldn't remember who it was. Or I didn't know the song title. Yeah, I still hadn't. I still hadn't figured out the fruit thing at this point. So I just went. It's raining. Oh no! It keeps raining by Tori Amos. It is criminal. Criminal. Oh, by that's right. Fiona Apple. Oh, I remember this music video too. Now that you mention it. Yeah, it's really good. Now that you said criminal by Fiona Apple, I do it's remember really the music good. video you're talking about. Okay, track four. Track four. Uh, the artist uh, is uh, formerly known as, known as, and forever will be known as Prince, and the song is Strawberry Beret. Okay, Jeff, what did you have? With a grimace like the cat who ate the canary, I said Raspberry Beret. Oh, no. By Prince. And Ken. Oh, s***. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, I, um, I don't really have a history of listening to Prince. Um I had no idea on this one, to be honest. I did think of Prince, but I didn't, I don't know, it didn't sound familiar at all to me. So I just put uh, a Michael Douglas film, Black Rain. And uh, <laughs> for the artist, I just wrote Bob Seger as a, as a throwaway answer. I know it wasn't Bob Seger. I just where, had to put something. Where did I get strawberry this, this from? Is, this is when I was still, this is before I got the, the fruit thing. I got the fruit thing on the next one. So, yes, um, that is Raspberry Beret uh. by Prince. I can't believe I did that. I told you that when I answer the question, we're going to have an episode title. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Track five. 
Track 5. Moving to the country. I'm gonna eat. Uh, track 5, I, I put Presidents of the United States and uh, Peaches. Jeff? I too put Peaches, hoping that Ken would get the Presidents of the United States. Yep, Peaches, Presidents of the U.S. That's 10 points for everyone there. Track six. Track six, Neil. Uh, that one I did not know. I knew it was from Austin Powers. I just I just had no idea on the title, so I uh, I tapped on that one. Okay, Jeff. Incense and peppermints by Strawberry Alarm Clock. <laughs> so stupid! Wow, that's a perfect psychedelia name too. Um, I knew strawberry was somewhere in there, uh, but I didn't know where. Um, I put strawberry hair by the doors. I, I didn't know, but I knew strawberry was in there somewhere. Jeff, that's a real good poll. That's Incense and Peppermints by Strawberry Alarm Clock. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew the song. I just, uh, I knew, and I knew Strawberry was in there somewhere, just uh, in my subconscious, but couldn't get it. Track seven. Okay, Neil, track seven. Uh, so track seven uh, is R.E.M. And uh, it took me just a quick second to remember the title of the song. And thankfully to uh, many years of playing rock band or guitar hero, I always forget one of my friends when he would sing this song, he would he would sing it very weird. And that's how it stuck in my brain, which would be Orange Crush. So Orange Crush. Jeff? I said R.E.M. And I couldn't think of it until I thought of the fruit category. I said Orange Crush. Same. Uh, and Ken. R.E.M. Orange Crush. R.E.M. Orange Crush is good. And track eight. Track eight. I found my thrill. Neil. Uh, track eight, I... Um... I heard, I, I I know the song, I've, I've heard it before, I just could not pull a title or an artist, so I tapped on that one as well. Okay, Jeff? You know, I, I'm not familiar with the song at all, um, and I couldn't place the artist, so I haven't, I've got no answer. Okay, and Ken? Um, so I had caught on to the fruit thing at this point, and I wrote Apple Pie is the name of the song. I, I've never heard it, though. I don't, I don't know what it is. So the song is Blueberry Hill by Fats Domino. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm rather uh, I'm a little disappointed in myself that I went on this uh, rain tangent at the beginning. And once I figured out the, the fruit thing, I went back and I, I was like, I, you know what? I still don't know any of these. So I just kept them. So, Neil, what is the common connection between these, these songs? So uh, if I if I could tell the difference between a strawberry and a raspberry, I would hope that I would know what fruit are. So I put fruit was the connection. Jeff? I said fruit. And Ken. Fruit, obviously. Good job, gentlemen. Fruit is the connection between the, the songs. A score update after the swing round. In third place, we have Ken with 95. In second place, we have Neil with 115. And in first place, we have Jeff with 130. Question 11. The puppeteer that performs the role of Oscar the Grouch named Carol Spinney, also performs the role of what longtime character who, during the 2012 presidential election, stated he got a million tweets after being mentioned during the debates? I'm in. I'm in. I'm good. Neil, what do you have? Uh, so there's a great documentary on Carol Spinney uh, that I recommend everyone check out. Uh, I can never remember the title. Um, it might even just be My Life as Big Bird. So the answer is Big Bird. Jeff? I said Big Bird. And Ken. Also went with Big Bird. It's a good get. Uh, he did get a million tweets after Mitt Romney was saying that he was going to cut funding to PBS and Sesame Street. Uh, 
the answer is Big Bird. A little bit more of a science question for you guys this time. Coming from the Latin word meaning heat, what unit of measure is defined as the amount of energy needed to raise the temperature of one gram of water by one degree Celsius at the pressure of one atmosphere? I'm in. Same here. I'm so confident I already wrote points down on my sheet too. I never took chemistry, so I, I don't know. Still, I'm in. It still was fine. But... Okay, here we go. Jeff, what do, what do you have? So I, I finished writing my answer before you had even finished reading the question, and I went with the calorie. Ken? Yeah, yes, indeed, calorie. And Neil? I just, for no reason, I put Kelvin. So uh, in, in Spanish, the word for hot is calor, which means heat or hot. So the answer is calorie. Good job, gentlemen. Nice. I wrote mine with a small c for the record. Oh, good for you. Not to be confused with large c calorie, which is also known as a kilocalorie or a thousand calories. There you go. So the calories you eat, Neil, are a thousand of those. Hmm. Just in case you were curious. I will not remember that, but I appreciate the th the uh, information. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So the next question is a little bit of a wordplay question. I'm going to read you two definitions. And um, the two definitions are both definitions of one specific word. So de definition number one is a type of weapon. And definition number two is a long, thin, high-heeled woman's shoe. What is the one word that satisfies both of those definitions? Got it. I'm in. Pretty much um, any knowledge that I might have of uh, weaponry comes from video games. And this is no exception. Well, I'm trying to think of a video game that has this in it. I, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. But uh, I, I might have known this otherwise, but uh, definitely pounded into my mind from video game. I definitely got it from the women's shoe angle. Well, I know the women's shoe. I just don't know if that's a weapon, but I'm just going to go with it because I can't. I mean, I know the, the, the women's shoe, I think, that Lee's trying to get. Uh, okay, I'm in. Okay, Ken, what do you have? I went with stiletto. Neil, what do you have? I had stiletto. And Jeff. And for what I hope is a clean sweep, stiletto. And it is a clean sweep. That's the correct answer, gentlemen. Good job. So a stiletto is an Italian uh, style of dagger, I believe, um, featured in uh, Assassin's Creed. Is it a dagger? I think so. Hmm. Or, yeah. De de definitely a, a sh sharp knife. Okay. Definitely something that'll kill you. Next question. Greek church... Double wood, the bucket, the big four, and the washout are all possible results after you throw your first shot in what sport? Hmm. It, it's an answer that I'm never going to get out of my head. Like, it, it immediately came to me, and I, I'm never going to be able to think it out otherwise, so I'm, I'm set to go. <laughs> I know it's not this, I'm sure. The carnival game where you just throw the balls into the... The rings, and I can't think of the name of that. I don't think that's it, but... Okay, we will, we'll we'll begin with Jeff this time. Jeff, what do you have for uh, this question about the uh, the terms? So I, I had a, an answer that came to me immediately, and uh, I knew I wouldn't do any better, and I knew I couldn't get it out of my head, so I just wrote it down and moved on. I put shot put. Okay, Ken? Well, I don't think I'm right, because you said the first throw, and the answer doesn't really make sense in this capacity. Um, but I went with like beanbags or cornhole. And Neil. I've played bocce a few times, bocce ball. I I didn't know if that was it, but uh, for some reason I just went with cricket. So uh, one of the key, one of the key terms here was double wood, and, and a, a game that you throw something at wood. I thought about cricket too. Yeah, me too. But the answer is you're close. The answer is bowling or ten pin bowling. Oh wow! Oh wow! Double wood is when there's two pins uh, right in front of each other. Uh, all of those are leaves that you can uh, throw after you throw your first shot, and you're trying to pick up a spare. Hmm. Interesting. That's I've never, cool. never heard of any of those terms yeah, really when cool. referred to uh, bowling. Yeah, that's great. I, I definitely won that round. Uh, <laughs> question 15. A growing problem for fisheries, ecology, and tourism. What is it called when a huge number of jellyfish take over a specific area very quickly 
these large swarms generally have over 100,000 jellyfish traveling together at one time. Cool question. Yeah, and, and I know what he's talking about. I've definitely seen photos and, and things like that and heard about the problems that they tend to cause. But the term... Yeah, I'll throw in the towel. Yeah, this one was tough. Uh, I just kind of put something down to... Uh, I don't think I can get it. Okay, Ken, what do you have? So I, I chose a term that I heard um, in reference to both ships and jellyfish and went with man o war, though I think it's a maybe a species. Neil? I didn't know this one, uh, so I just went with jelly swarm. And Jeff? When you were talking about something in relation to both jellyfish and ships, I was thinking of um, tidal wash, which is close to what I wrote. I wrote like a washout. I, I, I can't remember what it is. So um, algae also does this. It's called a bloom. bloom. It's called the bloom. Hmm. A jellyfish bloom is when there's over 100,000 jellyfish traveling together, and it causes all sorts of havoc. Uh, it closes beaches. It makes travel impossible. Ships get caught within jellyfish blooms, and they can't get through it. I'm never going to forget that. That's the one I learned today. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, algal blooms are very interesting. So we have, in third place, we have Ken with 125. In second place, we have Neil with 135. And in first place, we have Jeff with 160. Okay, question 16. This is a throwback to the last question. Deriving from the Greek words for eight and Voyager, what Disney Channel TV show that my daughters watch. It gives a creature report about different sea life, including blooms of jellyfish. Nothing for me this time. You tapping? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get even close. I know I've heard of the show, but I, I, any answer I would provide is of a different, definitely a different show. So I, I'm, I know I'm not there. Yeah. If I once I hear it, I know I'll under, uh, I'll have it. I'm just going to put a guess. Okay, Neil, what do you have? Um, I just put Octo Voyage. You're closer than you think you are. <laughs> Jeff. He is, which is why I won't cheat my way to the answer, and I'll tell you what I had originally written as a joke. I wrote the Backyardigans. And, and, and I, I tapped out. I was thinking Octo something, but there's no way I was going to come up with something uh, correct. Jeff, if, if, if you could come up with an answer now, would you say something different? Uh, I would. I'm not quite there yet, but the Octo spurred me on to something. So. Very, very cool. It's Octo. And if you think of an astronaut, octonauts, is, yeah, octonauts. It's 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 the octonauts. Yeah. Oh wow. I knew I've octo was on the right path. Yeah. So now we get into something that's probably more our speed gambling. In craps, a yo bet is a bet that what number will be rolled. Ken has been waiting for weeks for a craps question after he came you know back from what Vegas. Really, you know what really sucks about this, Ken told me on the car ride home from the airport about a yo bet how to how to play craps how to play craps in a and, yo bet gentlemen i also asked this question in a different way before so let's see if you can get it you did this was on a previous episode in a different fashion okay i have a guess i know ken knows this but i have a guess my problem is i can't remember if i'm remembering the answer i gave or if i'm remembering the answer that is the correct answer <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're all in. Neil, what do you have? For some reason, the number 11 came to me. I, I remember Ken talking to us about this, and Matt, he said something about 11, and Matt was like snake eyes, and Ken said, no, no, that's two ones, but 11 is a yo bet. I could be completely wrong, but that's what was in my head. Jeff, what do you have? I heard someone shout yo 11 in my head, so I wrote 11. We're all correct, gentlemen. Ken, are they right? Yeah, we're right. It's 11. Yo, 11. Yo 11. I remembered so, a thing. So again, to our listeners, uh, if they don't remember, um, to distinguish between the similar sounding 7 and 11, they call 11 Yo 11 hmm. or Yo. Mentioned next to a state capital in Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, who is the author of Dr. Zhivago? Man, I gotta learn the lyrics of this <laughs> song. I can't. It comes up so often. We had the one about um, name the baseball players in it, and it's so 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 much. I know I've, song. I've tried. I just got to learn the lyrics. 
You're in, Ken? Yeah. Jeff, you're in? Yeah. Oh, man. Chekhov or... I don't think it'd be Tchaikovsky because he's a composer. Um, all right. I'm just going to put... I'm, I'm in with Chekhov. Okay. Neil has Chekhov. Jeff, what do you have? I wrote David Lean because I knew he was the director. <laughs> it's the only thing I know about the film because I haven't seen it. So... <laughs> Uh, and I couldn't think of any and names. Ken, what do you have? I wrote uh, Russian author, I believe, Nabokov, and it sounds like it could fit in the song. So the state capital is Little Rock. Do you know what the next word is? Little Rock. Uh, no. Little Rock Pasternak. Ah. Boris Pasternak hmm. is the author of Dr. Zhivago. Pasternak. Way off. Okay. And there can't be two songs that reference Nabokov. Samsonite, that was way off. <laughs> okay. Question 19. What was the cause of death for the following people? Robespierre, Charlotte Corday, and King Louis XVI. Okay. Yep. I'm good. Okay, I'm in. Okay, Jeff, what do you have? Um, their heads were removed from their bodies. So. And? Yeah, I'll... Uh... When you give me uh, three French-sounding names, you got to assume that they were beheaded by guillotine. And Neil. Yeah, I, I just put decapitation. They all lost their heads. Excellent job. I didn't know if, if they were all guillotine for sure, so I just went with beheading. <laughs> yeah, was... they, were, they, 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 were, they were all beheaded by guillotine. Okay, yeah, I wasn't for sure on one oh, of them God. if it was guillotine or not. You no, know, I never but... thought too much about it, but <laughs> what a contraption the guillotine is. It's so <laughs> insane. They're like, you know what? I can't. I, I just don't feel like swinging the sword anymore. <laughs> I had a um, well. So the the fun part about like a guillotine or like a horse that draws away the footing underneath someone who's being hanged is it kind of like takes away the feeling of direct agency. So it's like you didn't have to kill them. You know what I mean? So it, I, I could totally understand why they do it. So not the Ned Stark. Uh, no, the man who philosophy. Right, the man who passes the sentence swing, swings the sword. But actually, I was in a museum once. Uh, at, they had a fake guillotine. It had like a mirror that looked up and you could drop the guillotine. And then they had like a little uh, pressurized air blast that would hit you in the back of the neck. And it was fun and terrifying. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question in the main game. Again, I'd like to throw back to Louis. We have Julia Louis-Dreyfus has won the Emmy for Best Actress in a Comedy Series for three different television shows. For the points, name two of the three television shows. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm trying to think of what the third one is. Pretty sure she's won four of them for just one of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my answer actually. But I'm in. So we will start with Ken. Ken, what do you have? Okay, so originally I put Veep and Seinfeld, but I thought Seinfeld might be a diversionary tactic, so I went the uh, New Adventures of Old Christine Ooh. and Veep. Okay, Neil. Uh, I also went with Veep and the show that kind of broke her her spell, uh, New Adventures of Old Christine. And Jeff. Now he said she won for three different shows. Uh, for Veep, she's won multiple times. I believe four, possibly five now. Um, I think every season. And then um, I couldn't think of any other shows. I couldn't think of New Adventures of Old Christine, so that I had to settle in on Seinfeld, hoping that was right. Might still be correct. And the three shows are Veep, The New Adventures of Old Christine, and Seinfeld. All right. There's no, there's no trick, but... <laughs> I love that Lee saved uh, my, my questions for 10 of each round. At least it made me feel good. So going into the final, scores didn't change all that much from the midpoint. Um, we have Ken with 155. We have Neil with 165, and we have Jeff with 190. And when you guys are ready, I will give you the categories for the finals. Okay. We have category one, food. Category two, rap. Category three, movies. Category four, geography. And category five, literature. Okay, the wages are in. Question for one of the finals. The category is food. McDonald's sells nearly a quarter of all of their filet fish sandwiches 
during what time period? I knew I should have bet more. I was going to. <sighs> okay, question number two. Category is rap. Which rapper has the birth name of Chancellor Jonathan Bennett? I'm in. I didn't bet enough this game. Yeah, I didn't either. Okay, good. I do feel good I haven't missed one yet. The category is movies. Ty Sheridan plays Parzival, and Olivia Cook plays Artemis in what movie due out in early 2018? Surprising. It's a Ken, Ken question. I don't know any upcoming movies, so I'm disappointed. That's why I went 10, though. I'm not going to go hard in the paint on movies. Question four, geography. Java, although connected to coffee, is a major island in what country? Are I'm... you guys ready for final number five? Yeah. Yes. Okay. In literature, Sue Grafton is famous for her crime novels with titles like A is for Alibi, B is for Burglar, and C is for Corpse. What apropos seven-letter word does G stand for in the title? Glad I bet nothing. Is it? Are these called the... Uh, the alphabet series or whatever? Or alphabet series, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I see these all the time. I've never read one. I've read a lot of like uh, the Alex Cross series and um, Michael Connelly. Um... Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults. It doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. Are we all set? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so question number one. Ken wagered 30, Jeff wagered 10, and Neil wagered zero on the food question. Ken, what is your answer for the question about McDonald's? I would assume that the filet of fish is most consumed during Lent, which is why it was introduced. Okay, Jeff, what was your answer? I agree with Ken. I said Lent. And Neil, not like it's worth anything. What I know. You write down. Wishing I would have bet more, I put Lent as well. The correct answer there is Lent. Excellent job, gentlemen. Question number two, the category was rap. The question was, which rapper has the birth name of Chancellor Jonathan Bennett? All three of you wagered 10. So no harm, no foul in this case. Uh, Neil, what do you have as your answer? I put Chicago's own Chance the Rapper. Local boy. Jeff, what do you have? Let me don my number three ball cap, Chance the Rapper. And Ken. Well, if the first name uh, wasn't the giveaway, I also had the chance to videotape uh, Chance's younger brother, um, who has an upstart hip-hop career as well, and I recall his last name being Bennett, so Chance the Rapper. You guys just knocked it out of the park. The oh. answer was Chance the Rapper. We're, we're in Chicago, so... <laughs> Question three, the category was movies. Ty Sheridan plays Parzival, and Olivia Cook plays Artemis in what movie due out in early 2018? Neil wagered 30, Ken wagered 30, Jeff wagered 10. So I'm going to throw it to Ken first. Ken, what did you have as your answer? It's more or less a guess, uh, educated guess, but I'm really crossing my fingers for Ready Player One. Yeah. 
Neil, how do you feel about that? So along with H getting chased by Sorrento in the Oasis, uh, Lee listens to the show and put a nice Spielberg question on there. It is Ready Player yes, One. Yes, yes, yes. And Jeff, did you also have Ready Player One? Uh, I wish I did. Uh, no, not knowing anything about the characters or the actors, um, not following upcoming movies very closely. Uh, I wrote the only thing I know with a character named Artemis in it, and I wrote It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> the answer is Ready Player One. Big. That's huge. Yeah, I should have been quiet. That was my bad. No, I I mean, that didn't really help. Because it's really not... It doesn't have anything to do with me, to be honest. What do you mean? So, um, you said it's a Ken movie. Oh, I did that on purpose so you'd get it wrong. I know. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Well, well, I didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you did it on purpose, yeah. but I'm saying... You you saying something didn't influence my oh, okay. answer because because yeah. it could have been diversionary and it's really has nothing to do with me. I haven't read the book. Right, I'm not familiar with the characters or the story. So, so final four is in geography. Jeff wagered thirty. Ken and Neil both wagered nothing. So Jeff, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, Java, although connected to coffee, is a major island in what country? Uh, I'm almost certain, although as the time passed in the last few minutes, it started to wear away at my brain. Um, but I believe that is one of the principal islands of Indonesia. Okay. Ken, what did you write down? With nothing on the line, I picked the island nation of Indonesia. And Neil? Uh, I just put that today's blend that we're drinking in the studio is Milwaukee's own Colectivo blend of coffee. That's what I put. <laughs> The correct answer is Indonesia. Uh, hey, Collectivo, give us some money. <laughs> and it's really going to come down to the literature question. So Ken wagered 20. Neil wagered 10. Jeff wagered 0. The question was, Sue Grafton is famous for her crime novels with titles like A is for Alibi, B is for Burglar, and C is for Corpse. What apropos seven-letter word does G stand for? Can you wager 20 so you're first? Okay. I finally settled on an answer. It took me a couple couple minutes, and I'll be uh, kind of upset with myself if I spelled the word wrong. <laughs> it's not even seven letters, but I went grizzly. Okay, Neil. Seven. I got seven. Is it? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. it, that's probably right then. I, I uh, didn't know, and... Uh, when you said apropos the first time, I um, something clicked, and then when I heard the other words, all having to do with crime and and uh, murder and whatnot. Um, but I did go with my first thought, which um, doesn't seem right, but I just wrote Grafton. Okay, and Jeff. I put G is for grifter. And the correct answer to the literature question. Crime novels have to have a gumshoe. Oh. The answer is gumshoe. Oh, that's great. That's it for the final round. It's not. It's now time to find out who is the cream of the crop. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. In third place, with 195 points, is Neil. In second place, with 205 points, is Ken. Oh. I had 230. I've been dealt a loss. And with 2.30, this week's cream of the crop is Jeff. How's that feel, Jeff? <laughs> to take you down, it feels pretty good. Yeah. I'm not I'm not so much excited about my own personal win. Uh, if Neil won, I also would have been excited. Oh, man, that, that came right down. <laughs> if, I, if I was able to come up with gumshoe, that would have been. Yeah, I got, I got edged out there. I, I, what would I have, uh, if I would have bet 20 on food, which is what I was going to bet, um, oh, I guess, I, I, yeah, I would have beat that would have put. That would, that would have put you at 215. Well, good game, guys. Very was, good game. Was very competitive. Wonderfully hosted and, and written. Thank you so much, Lee. That was awesome. Seriously, thank you. It was it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, one more time, what's that uh, podcast that you host? The podcast is called Something Something Birds. If you were a fan of the swing round and you like those type of puzzles where you have to name the artist, name the common connection, uh, the podcast takes a grand total of around seven or eight minutes to listen to. Feel free to download it. Um definitely trying to get as many people to listen to it as possible i basically created a podcast that i wanted to listen to so uh if you like it too that'd be great give a listen you can interact with me on facebook um something something birds is the name of the podcast or you could uh interact with me on twitter at run the stairs great thanks again lee uh for the great game 
And if you'd like to play along with our contestants at home, make sure to check out our Facebook page and download our official Triviality score sheet. We use that here in the studio, and you can use that at home. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, find us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrivialityPod. Uh, yeah, and uh, make sure you guys uh, keep writing those iTunes reviews. We've seen a few new ones come in. Uh, we're going to kind of compile a few of those just to read on air maybe on one of our uh, future episodes, but we're trying to hit 50, and once we hit 50, we're going to choose 10 names from a hat and uh, give some sort of prize. So keep writing those iTunes reviews. We appreciate it. Uh, we know that a lot of you listen and like the show, and, and we um, are appreciative that you listen to the show, and if you could just take a few extra minutes, give us a little review, that would be great. And uh, Jeff, what about Patreon? Yes, uh, so if you think that we are deserving of uh, a little financial support, we would very much appreciate it if you would visit our Patreon page. We've got a couple different perks there that offer you opportunities to support us and even get bonus episodes, uh, chances to host and be on the show. So if you uh, have the ability, think we've earned it, we'd very much appreciate your support there directly. Um, we're currently trying to upgrade some of our recording equipment, uh, microphones, soundproof the room, etc., also, uh, some of you might not realize that the show has hosting costs, so uh, we're operating at a net loss right now. <laughs> it would be nice to at least break even. Uh, as much as we enjoy uh, putting on the show, it would be nice to not have to shell out every month, So, uh, at least out of our own pockets. So uh, any support there would be appreciated. Uh, but of course, as always, we just appreciate your support in listening and spreading the word. And of course, if you have any question five submissions or any other inquiries, trivialitypodcast at gmail.com is our email and we'd love to hear from you and other than spreading the word please subscribe rate review to triviality on your favorite podcast app and until next time for lee jeff neil and myself that was triviality in today's show we'll be taking a close look at this mysterious creature menacing and terrifying the shark has been menacing and terrifying for over a decade yes the shark is a what the look man look at that thing's teeth Oh, <laughs> <laughs>